let me say that the political if you like, the political big This is the News Made of Students podcast. It's myself, Lex, here with my boy Ace. You're not middle class, you're not black white. Enjoy one podcast at a time, discussing all things. Statistically, it looks like in London yeah. right now, yeah. this is predominantly a problem of young black teenage boys. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. How we doing, man? All good, my G. All good, man. Here in August, you know, summer. Summer. Summer's come and it's actually it's actually come. Nice, bro. It's, it's, it's hot. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's, it's hot. All jokes aside, yeah, this is going to be the coldest summer we're going to have ever in our lives now. Because it's just going to get hotter and hotter every Honestly, year, bro. Yeah. It's so true. Global warming is actually a real thing that people <laughs> are coming to terms with. I mean, when was the last time you heard of wildfires starting out because of the bro. sun happening in Britain? Bro. When like, I school, I couldn't believe it. Bro. I feel know? like shit only happens in Australia mm-hmm. and LA and all them places. In California, like California Australia, then, like... In places where you know you're associate the Sahara Desert with, facts, and it's something that people have been denying for a long time. Yet there's just just direct evidence now that this global warming shit is 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 a legit phenomenon that was preventable, that can be controlled, but action needs to be taken. Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, like these current governments of the day aren't looking to take any action towards it. Like, why do you think that is? Bro, because it's not it's, it's a non-issue for them. You know, the issue is to make sure that the elites save the elite and keep the status quo as it is. And we know that um, issues as it pertains to um, the environment and global warming and stuff, a lot of the, particularly the party the party we have in power today, a lot of them thinks it's a ho- think it's a hoax. They don't even believe in global warming. You know, they believe it's just a way in which... Um, is a way in which for a liberal, the liberal left elite to curb mm. uh, uh, development in, in in the private sector and and manufacturing and all this kind of stuff, but um, bro, like you know, even science aside, forty degrees in the UK isn't normal. No. <laughs> science aside, bro, forty degrees in the UK, you got to look at yourself like, is that a normal for the, a country of this climate? Like forty degrees, bro, like it's nuts, bro. Even in places like Ghana, you don't get forty degrees regularly. Like it's not. It's a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon. Like to the extent of the heat, probably isn't really falling on in the reality of of people in Britain. I, I think people in Britain really do suffer from like a memory syndrome and a memory distortion because if they really had an accurate memory, there's no way we would have been having twelve years of Tory, mate. I'll give you oh. that for free. Like the the issue here that then comes out like to kind of like fruition and later life in Britain is dementia. Memory in Britain is is like emotionally delusional and mm. it's, it's definitely leading to more of these weird things happening. Anyway, that's that's a little conspiracy. Sorry for that. This ain't a conspiracy place, but like there's high rates of dementia here. Like it is odd. And to have 12 years of a Tory, I mean, I'm sure everyone must be going through some sort of mini dementia right now, you know, like, because it's crazy to me, you know, we're speaking about bad governments. And this to me is the epitome of a crazy government. And if this crazy government wasn't, as I say, crazy, corrupt, disgusting, and downright rotten to the core, then there's no way that within the last 12 years will now be on potentially the fourth Tory leader to lead Britain 
and lead them where? Into disaster. That's the only place they've been leading Britain into for the last 12 years. And not just Britain, but the whole economic union in the West. You know, Britain's done a lot in the EU, and then they left. Britain's done a lot within America, and America is obviously its fucked up usual self. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll be real. And, um, and yeah, how can you go f- be on your fourth election if you wasn't corrupt? Each election based off the incompetence of the predecessor and each successor has proven to be, if not as incompetent, most definitely a deeper set of incompetence. This is absolute madness. Well, now we have an opportunity. Well, I say we have an opportunity. There's 100,000 Tory um, membership holders who have an opportunity, well, say opportunity, who have um, the vote to bring in a new prime minister. So we've got two choices. We've got to have a choice to have our first Asian prime minister in Rishi Sunak, the richest MP in the in parliament. He's also American. He's also American. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have uh, the choice of bringing in the third female prime minister, Liz Truss, whose story is mad. I was just reading about her, but like she kind of grew up like salt of the earth kind of girl. Like her father was like a left leaning, not left leaning, like essentially a Labour supporter and stuff. Like she used to go out and she protested against Margaret Thatcher and the poll tax and stuff. And now she's like literally on the rightest of rights. And yeah, it's nuts how that happened, but a lot dementia, of people... Dementia, so. Dement- <laughs> yeah, dementia. <laughs> but, um, you know, the one thing I've, 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 I'm noticing with uh, both Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss, when they're talking and, you know, putting their, putting their, uh, their platform out for what it is that they're going to do when they become prime minister none of them have actually committed to calling a general election within three months of winning uh, the Tory leadership race. And that worries me because whoever gets into power, I can tell is trying to consolidate everything, all the fuckeries that Boris Johnson probably tried to consolidate before he got kicked out. And they're going to try and keep uh, the general election as far away from possible until Labour implodes on itself, which is it's already doing. Um... I won't be surprised if some sort of something happens that you know stops us as, as in like a society to 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 stop um universal to, suffrage like no but like something like i don't know again well we know there's a global recession coming oh if it's if it's not already here i could just see liz trust or richie Sunak coming in and be like we can't have a general election there's a global recession we have to focus on this now we have a general election in the next two years and then we'll have another two years of a tory tory government so yeah <clears throat> I mean, I don't put anything past this Tory government. They have put through the most radically fascist policies I've seen in modern politics for a long time. I mean, they are arresting people for protesting. They have now put perimeters to describe some type of particular protesting as disruptive, given, you know, the enforcers, the police, the opportunity to arrest and then pretty much disband any form of protesting and creating a a natural opposition. They have now been told by the Attorney General that it will become illegal for other MPs to um, call the acts of the government in day a crime, even if it is a, it is a crime. They have created this charter programme to charter immigrants who've come over here as refugees seeking asylum to charter them to Rwanda. They've actually uh, created, we've actually shipped, they've, they've actually done one of those um, flights 
which has been ruled by the High Court as being highly illegal. We've had rules come in during a, one of the most interesting social experiments called the lockdown that have been breached over a hundred times by Tory members, Tory party members, where simple civilians were being fined tens of thousands of pounds, tens of thousands of pounds in the light pre predating to these to this inflation and recession that's taking place during a time where there was a huge loss of job, loss of wealth, and a huge like um huge change in the hands of wealth from the poor becoming poorer and the wealthy becoming extremely wealthy whilst at the same time being able to mitigate their own responsibilities i mean the list goes on and on and on we've had cassandra disick stand down due to the corruption that's happening within her own police force while in her reign she also managed to delete a database full of lots of criminal evidence that implement implicated quite a few Tory members including that sick Tory paedophile ring which all of a sudden has been dropped out of the media I mean like these things are very real things you would think I'm listing things that happened in Gotham that Batman later attended to but this is Great Britain Great Britain bro it's it's scary man do you think Scotland will get away Scotland gonna try they're gonna definitely try um you know, I don't, what's, what's the plan? When are they going to have another referendum? They're, they're looking, they're talking about it. Well, you know, with these political processes, I guess we can say they happen in three phases. You know, first they come up with the idea, then they look to make the idea favourable, and then they have to then put the policy through officially through through government, which then, then gets voted on and decided amongst. So it is a process, and I guess right now they're doing the idea and looking to win public opinion first before they put that through. But I could say, depending on the results of the general election, either way, they're going to try and leverage that to create some type of referendum. And mm. in my head, I'm thinking, will other parts of the North try and follow? Ooh. What? A free and independent North? Like, bro, Game of Thrones, let's call it what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I hear it, it's true. They've been saying for a long time that within Britain, they've been <clears throat> underdeveloped, underfunded. And they've it just heard been. Rishi Sunak have. say that he's Bro, going to take away more funding from, from them deprived and urban place areas it, and place it, it into affluent, affluent suburban, yeah, areas. suburban areas like ridiculous and he then yeah whatever yeah he said that so I'm, I'm sure he's going to take from the north and funnel more money down to the south I'm sure like, expect areas like Paul to get a huge investment you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, bro, it's it's it's, it's true. Rishi Sunak Smith said a lot of madness since this in this Tory um, election, and what's interesting to me is I feel like these guys are talking as if to say like like the rest of the country isn't watching. Because okay, cool, they obviously have the security knowing that um, one of them is going to become prime minister. One of them is going to be voted on by only a hundred thousand of their peers. So when he says stuff like, oh, I'm going to reverse Labour policies that put funneled money into deprived uh, urban areas to help them develop and bring it back to uh, affluent suburban areas, is that who is he talking to? He's clearly not talking to uh, young people in, 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 in... London and stuff. People trying to buy houses for the first time exactly. all, all over Britain, to be honest. He's clearly not talking to the, those people. He's not talking to the disenfranchised. <laughs> clearly not. Obviously, you know, wouldn't be anyway. <laughs> like, and then you have Liz Truss, who doesn't know whether she's coming or going. 
have to say, again, I don't even know why they're doing um, uh, leadership debates on TV because we, as the people, have no say as to who's going to be the next Prime Minister. So what is the point? I think right. I think that's all pomp and circumstance. I think it's just all theatre. And this is what I hate about British politics anyway. It's all theatre. Because it's like, what, what, why why do we have to see people on TV to discuss, oh, if I become Prime Minister, I'm going to do this. We can't even vote to decide who's going to be Prime Minister. Well, not now anyway. Britain is not a democratic state. It's not a democratic state. Britain is not a democratic state. In order for there to be a democratic state, there must be checks and balances. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately... There are no checks and there are clearly no balances. No. You know? Definitely. Like, Boris Johnson himself said that he can't live on the measly salary of the current Prime Minister he's getting. He's getting, like, what, what was the figure? I think, no, I think close to you know, 100,000. No. Yeah, I believe it is. Oh, 100,000, not just a bit more. And he said, this is, this is a poor man's wage. <sighs> Yet, in the same breath, he has then blamed the inflation on the fact that employees are looking for higher wages yet everybody in the economic realm knows that once the process of of quantitative easing is executed on any economy there is a high chance a chance so high that every time this policy has taken place it has almost always led to imminent inflation so why is boris lying Economics says this. So for him to say something else would be a lie. And guess what? He's been called for lying time and time and time and time again. <laughs> so that's the answer to my rhetorical question. He's a serial liar. Serial liar as a prime minister. And we're about to have two of his prodigies fight it out. Mm. Someone who mm. was who who has decided not to moderate gas and energy prices for the purpose of preserving record-breaking profits. Now, the thing about these profits is that this money is leaving the businesses which made it, also leaving the economies. So this profit that's been made in Britain is actually being taken out of Britain. And the jobs which provided for these profits are also in the process and the plans of being taken out of Britain. I'll be real with y'all. This is what's happening. Yet, the people of Britain are here being, like you said, being gifted with a fairytale act, a, a circus act, an act that is just that, an act that there's some sort of political choice. I mean, we touched lightly on the Labour Party here. And what is important to know is that Labour got its name from representing workers, people who work. The workforce enjoy working, for the most part, I'll tell you that. People do like to feel valued and contribute to society and community, even though the media wouldn't let you know that. You know, people do enjoy doing their jobs and it's not only the creators that enjoy doing what they do. Facts. You know? So, this workforce, you know, that created the Labour Party has been taken over by a charlatan. 
Now, please look up the word charlatan. This is a real word. This is a real type of person. This is a real type of behavior that can be studied, that can be practiced, and that can be and has been executed. And you can see this here within the Labour Party. And people could say, well, well, how could that have happened? Well, I'll let you know how it happened. It started off with Tony Blair, a person with charisma who moved Labour away from the traditional traditional grand, like, grounds that they stand in order to gain a victory. And he moved them over to what he liked to coin as a term, New Labour, mm-hmm. which aimed to kind of represent what the workforce of the day looks like. And I can't say that what he done was as bad as what this current mm. Labour leader is doing. Can't say that. But what I can say is that we all saw what happened <laughs> with Tony, you know. We all saw what happened with Tony, yeah. Keir Starmer's idol, the person that Keir Starmer idolises, mm-hmm. that has a radical follower of, he's a Blairite. To a T. Like, don't take my word for this because I'm making it up. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to secret Tony Blair meetings in the night and wears a cloak. <laughs> Him, Blair and Bush. <laughs> Bro, like, Care Blair Bush. You know, but Care Starmer, no, 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 he's a very dangerous man. He's, he has... He's dangerous because he's complicit. That's why he's dangerous. But he's more than complicit. He's, a pro, he's an agent. Mm. He has removed the whip yeah. of... A person who stood on the picket line yeah. for the RT RMT roll strikes. Yeah. That to me mad. is something that you wouldn't expect to see no. during the inception of the Labour Party. No. The creators and the founders and the members of the Labour Party are are livid with it and they've shown yeah. it. And I shout out to the lady, the, the the lady in Liverpool that went and showed Keir how she really felt mm. when she met him there and then let her let him know that even the fact that he could show his face in Liverpool after writing columns mm-hmm. in the sun Oof. could show his face there and think that he has dignity. This guy is a charlatan. Mm-hmm. Charlatan. Why would you be surprised that he's a liar when Boris Johnson has been a liar? They've all been lying. But there was one person who wasn't and then who then everyone else had to lie again. And you know who that is? The guy that got the most votes for Labour ever, that had the biggest party for Labour ever. In terms of numbers, Jeremy Corbyn did it. Let's not lie. Yeah. And the only Jeez. kickback would be that he's strange. But guess what? Maybe you need something strange because what you know is disgusting. Do you know what I mean, though? They said Jeremy, oh, bro, that, that, that opportunity is long gone. That was the last... That was the last alternative that we're ever going to have, I think, in a lifetime, you know, in regards to, like, this two-party system politics that we live in in the UK. As for, like, as in, like, someone that's different from the establishment. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever going to have someone like JC again. I'm, I'm, I'm being real. On either, in, in either party, where again, that probably definitely won't come from the Tories. No, well, you don't I, think Kwame Kwatang is going to no, be first? No, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and bro, I don't want to get into that one. Because Kwame it upsets me because he's a very intelligent man and, and I want to give it to him. But yeah, his politics is just wayward, man. Yeah. yeah. It's wayward, I'm sorry. But the reason it's I bring wayward. up a Ghanaian politician is because, you know, you've been seeing some quite interesting news. Yeah, yeah. No, very interesting. Um... Yeah, you know, with all the stuff that's going on in Europe and then obviously stuff going on in uh, 
in uh, England, uh, the AU. And I think, you know, I, I, I think this is a good time for the African Union to really start to um, accelerate in their plans of a unified Africa and a unified African uh, uh, financial system or, 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 or um, not financial, sorry, what's the word I'm looking for? Economic. Economic system. It sounds like we're saying that Africa go back to the way it was before the West well, invaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Africa with no borders or Africa beyond borders. But um, yeah, essentially, so they've, they've, they've uh, started to, and I always mess up the acronym, so let me let me make sure I say it right. So they've uh, ratified, I think the word is, uh, the AFCFTA, which is the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. Essentially, for layman's terms, it's like an African-European Union, an African uh, 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 free movement of goods, free movement of people type thing, um, which w- which is massive, which is massive. If you're, if you're going to think of it as a basic term, if you're a manufacturer in Togo that makes, I don't know, juice, like some sort of energy drink or something, and you've only had the market of the 10 million, I don't know how big Togo is, but let's say the 10 million people of Togo, now you have the market of 1.4 billion, again, that's a conservative number, or 1.4 billion people that you can market your product to, which is huge, which is massive, which means more jobs, which means uh, better prosperity for, for, for just your everyday African. Again, if all this stuff happens the way it should happen, it'll, it's, 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 it's a great thing for Africa. Just imagine when... when look how much stuff changed in, let's say the Premier League, when um, the EU allowed free movement of workers and free movement of goods and stuff like that. And then we attracted better players from Europe and stuff. Look how much better. Imagine the Premier League with the best player being Jordan Henderson. Hmm. Or Henderson being our, like the starlet of the Premier League. But, and not not players like De Bruyne or, or, or Haaland. This is like, it, it, it just allows Africans to move, especially, you know, Africa being the youngest continent in the world, young mobile Africans to move across the continent to add value to different, you know, industries, countries. They're like, you know, if, they, if a popping tech hub is opening in Kigali, Rwanda, you know, Nigerians, Ghanaians, Ivorians can all move there and add to that. If, if the fashion district is popping in Lagos, Nigeria, people move that it, it, it really opens it up for young Africans to really yeah let's really like grab every resource available to them and and yeah and I, I just think it's it's a great it's a great thing and a time where you know we've just had COVID that's you know hit most of the west really hard and now with the Russian and Ukraine conflict I think this is a time more than ever that African nations need to look at each other and be like, look, how do we build with each other and not focus on these countries over there? Because these countries don't know what, what don't know what's going to happen next. Well, here's the thing, right? It's almost like a liberation project, realistically. Mm. And I give thanks to the Tory government for this because they have um, reduced the amount of money they were pledging to foreign aid, mm-hmm. which has in, in also, in doing that, has reduced the amount of influence they have on them um, foreign countries to say mm-hmm. including the amount of influence that they have within Africa and you know it's really important that we see this their influence reduce over Africa and allow Africa once again to 
bask in its own sunlight mm -hmm. and to become its own beacon and to no longer be crippled by this, you know, the this virus, this um, parasite mm -hmm. that's been leeching onto Africa in the form of tariffs, in the form of fines, in the form of taxes, mm -hmm. in the form of making it only possible for a lot of these African countries to only import their food in a place where they've grown their own food like naturally and easily in a mass mm -hmm. way, forcing these countries to import their energy, mm -hmm. even though they're the source of the energy, forcing them to export their raw materials only to have them processed outside of the country mm -hmm. for them to then buy back these products. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Africa is, right, there are a plethora of geniuses on the mainland. Not only that, there's a plethora of resources on the mainland. Now, a lot of factories, manufacturers, and uh, plantations and farmlands rely on importing outs outside material in order for them to, you know, function. Like they need to import their fuel. They need to import the raw materials being used to create these these machines and these products. They need to import their energy. Mm -hmm. They need to import the people to work it. They need to import everything. Now. What happens when a company sets up in Africa and has everything that they need in Africa and not needing to import anything? Mm -hmm. They're, they're self-sustainable. They're easily able to, you know, export all of their goods to people that need it. But unfortunately, that just sounds like in the eyes of, you know, colonizers and imperialists, mm -hmm. and, and imperialists um, you know, children, it just sounds like this country wants to become too powerful, mm -hmm. you know? And whenever there is any idea of another country becoming powerful through natural resources or something, we've seen how powers like America and Britain react. Mm -hmm. Like, with hearsay, rumours and gossip, spreading that there was weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, mm -hmm. only for us to be left with pictures of American soldiers looting Iraqi banks. Mm -hmm seeing that Edward Snowden would release videos of Iraqi of American and international forces knowingly dropping bombs on civilians mm -hmm. and coining it names. This is what we saw. We didn't see weapons of mass destruction. Mm -hmm. We actually saw humans of mass destruction yeah. at play. And it was a really, really sad sight to see to the point that the guy that released the information during Assange on WikiLeaks has been persecuted because he's, they're so upset that people have seen that the Iraq war was inhumane mm -hmm. and was unjustified because the excuse that they went into the war with saying that these lot are going to drop nukes weren't true. Mm -hmm. And now we've seen that when a country with nukes wants to go to war, that the rest of the world is actually silent yeah. because now they've got people that want to play with those bombs, mm -hmm. that want to drop those nukes, mm -hmm. that want to <laughs> red buttons. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and they're saying we have to stand by and send hope. Yeah. They're making us, they're acting like this life is, sorry for this reference if you don't know, they're acting like this life is Dragon Ball Z and we can only send energy so that that president, what's his name? whatever his name is, can gather all of our energy into a spirit bomb mm -hmm. and defeat Putin magically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, that list trust, 
she's made several crazy comments about Ukraine, mm. saying we should support them, we shouldn't support them, yeah. all of this. You know, we've seen that we couldn't have general elections, we couldn't talk about, you know, we couldn't talk about referendums or reforms because of the Ukraine war. That's what the excuses they were yeah. using. But we've not actually seen any action here. But mm. when it came to the Iraq war, boom, Tony was dropping bombs. I'm going to be real. And there was yeah. nothing found there. No. You know, when it came to Libya, same we thing. Bombs. So now that there's been this reduction of foreign aid, like, and these, now Africa has a chance to, you know, create, drop the borders that they didn't put in the first place, mm-hmm. basically, we'll, we'll, we will see a, a natural return of movement of people. Mm-hmm. Like, in every African country, before these borders were made, they'll, everyone will tell you, my parents are from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they're from where we think they're from now, but their parents are from elsewhere because mm-hmm. every generation of Africans move where there is a transient continent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You think only the animals are moving? No, nah, bro. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why the Europe's population is dramatically lower mm-hmm. than the rest of the world. It's because Europeans like to war. And that's Europe's history. Mm. And it's gloated about. But really, there's nothing cool about not being able to coexist. Mm-hmm. What's cool about yeah, it? Nothing. nothing. Can't even coexist with the planet. Yeah. Facts. At this point. Facts. You know? Yeah. Facts. But big up Africa. Always. Always. No, I'm really proud of that. And yeah. 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 Did he definitely made us do that? Yes.